0: Hello and welcome to episode 85 of Hearty Dice Friends. Man alive, it's 85! Or is that 55?
1: Back on your bingo bullshit.
0: I'm sorry. (laughs) My name's Grant Howitt, this is Chris Taylor, and we are good big boys.
1: Lovely big boys.
0: Lovely big round boys who enjoy a bit of the old dice. And we're here, as ever, to give advice to you, the uh, needy RPG public. Needy, maybe that's too pejorative a the word.
1: completely clueless, and I mean that in a loving way.
0: Yeah, whinging. And I mean that in the best possible... No, Jesus, that's that's not fun. No, we love you. <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> don't be that negative. I mean, they're, they're, how about, they're all charming.
0: How about, like, like, they're in need of guidance? I don't just mean our listeners, because our listeners... They know what's what. They're already listening. I mean, People who don't listen to the podcast yet. Yeah, I mean, people who, who listen to the reach.
1: podcast and ask us questions are already asking those questions with a wry smile on their faces.
0: Predicting the answer. Well, I know the answer. Perhaps yes. someone else might benefit from it.
1: <laughs>
0: of course, I know the catamaran is the most fuckable watercraft. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but do they know?
0: We, you may have noticed that Christopher is sounding as soft and luxurious as a pint of melted chocolate, mm,
1: covered in rich silk.
0: And that's because are you covered in rich silk or is the chocolate covered in? Rich no, silk? what so I what can't I'm imagine doing fewer I've less pint, pleasant things. So
1: I've got a pint glass full of melted chocolate. Mm-hmm. What I've done is I have stretched really tight silk mm-hmm. over the top, ah, like a drum, and then I'm upending it. Mm-hmm. Lying in a chaise longue and just kind mm-hmm. of lapping at the silk to get at the chocolate, like a hamster ball. <laughs> yeah, like that, but sexier,
0: <laughs> like a greasy hamster ball. Yeah, that's me. Uh, the reason um, that Chris sounds so good is because he did that. Yeah, but also he got <laughs> he got some sort of device that goes behind his microphone, which makes uh, him sound less echoey. Uh,
1: so what I've got is it looks very much like an Iron Maiden, but for microphones.
0: But for sound, yeah, it's, it's for, it's for interrogating
1: noise, mm. um, and hopefully it stops all the glass and stuff in my in my room from uh, echoing all the sounds around.
0: Yeah, the perfectly blank wall you have in front of you, and no soft furnishings in the room whatsoever. Yeah, like there's
1: the softest furnishing are books.
0: Yes, which aren't really furnishing. No,
1: but I'd say everything else is either glass or wall. So I've.
0: I've I've done my best to improve my sound by placing as many empty mugs on my desk as possible. So I don't know whether that's making me sound more echoey and richer. That's
1: smart. It's definitely mm. making you sound more English.
0: Ah, yeah, very good. You can you can hear the tannin residue.
1: Yes. Just fill it with quinine and we're away.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I really like that we made a mixer to cure malaria.
1: Yeah, I think to, I think that sums us up as a people very nicely.
0: How are we going to get the Brits to take their medicine? Well, what if we put it near gin? I love it!
1: <laughs> it's perfect. We'll win wars on the back of
0: this. This tastes like shit, I know, but like in 60 years, people are really going to get into this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's an acquired taste. Your grandchildren will hunger for it.
0: They'll absolutely do it. You, you ever had gin and bitter lemon? No. Well, that's a treat. That's, that's, that's a very nice summertime treat. I Easy. recommend it, listener, if you're in the Southern Hemisphere.
1: I'm a I'm a big fan of just neat gin. Uh,
0: uh, do, you, do you at least make it cold? Oh yeah, yeah, freezing yeah, cold. That, yeah, neat that's fine. Well, a, a martini.
1: Yeah, but without anything else in it, and just in a mug.
0: Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. I'm, like, like I'm you, a... you get you get your sports direct mug out of the freezer, and then open yeah. a bottle of gin. Too.
1: Put it in one of those plastic bottles that, that clips onto a bike.
0: Mum, cancel my three <laughs> o'clock. <laughs> I'm a busy boy. When I was when I was growing up, I always thought it'd be great. I I, I made plans for this. Actually, actually, like I, I sketched out the schematics. I wanted to buy, you know, those Camelback, um, like uh, like uh, wearable water bags, mm-hmm. and then you have the tube and you suck it out. I wanted to have the capacity to sneak vodka into bars. Okay, but I so I would I would have the bag under my right arm like a bagpipe, and then the tube would run up my sleeve. Okay. And then and then i just buy a Coke, wink at my friends, and then <laughs> squeeze out a load of vodka into the glass.
1: You had dreams of being cheap.
0: I had dreams... Well, that's the thing. I would have had to spend... I think it was, like, 60 euros for the bag. <laughs> Which would have brought you quite a lot of vodka. Yeah. But I, I had these... Not in London, though. That's, like, No, two, two I, was in, I was in Portugal. That's why it was euros. Mm. But... One, the second anyone searches me, bad.
1: Yeah. Two, to be fair though, you could just say that's yeah, in my colostomy bag. Please don't poke it.
0: I've just, I've had a lot of gin today. <laughs> um, two, I feel that if it had enough pressure for me to squeeze it out by like but but, but like squeeze it out gently in a surreptitious way, it would immediately fly out whenever I moved. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like the idea that it's under such intense pressure that, you, one second you open the valve, it, it just deposits the entire contents of the bag in one go.
0: But not like, not like, not like, not like, not like a high pressure wash. It's just,
1: yeah, like like a, like a shotgun coughing,
0: <laughs> like when you throw up and you didn't make yourself throw up. Yes. That level of oh, here we go. I understand. Oh, actually, this is just, occurring.
1: just to rewind it a little bit, when you you might know you're going to throw up. When you throw up and it hits your soft palate and the your sinuses as well.
0: Oh, it goes right. Oh, it goes right in.
1: And it's it's like this wall that just knocks your head forward, and then you don't yeah. know if you're breathing, if you're dying. Yeah. You don't know what's going on.
0: You feel a bit like a dragon, you <laughs> do, but you do know
1: that this is hell.
0: Yeah. I, I'll be honest. With you, I quite like a puke now and again.
1: Oh, it, it, it heals a lot it's, of ills it's,
0: it's purgative, i yeah. found It really literally. helps me when I get migraines Well, yes, literally, that's the point, isn't it? But anyway, enough about the fact that I like throwing up Oh, that was so well, uh, like sneezing
1: A metaphilia?
0: No, I don't get off on it Oh, okay <laughs> um, On that subject, ask me a question
1: <laughs> On the subject of a metaphilia? Yeah I tell you what, I'll get the closest I can get, which is a question from Luke.
0: Thanks, man.
1: Luke asks, you need a coven of witches for a game. Which three celebrities do you pick to play them?
0: I don't think that's the most relevant question we've got to throwing up.
1: No, but Luke is the person who will always ask us the sexiest questions. That's
0: true, yeah. And one of our witches has got to be sexy, if not all three. By default, yeah. Okay, so... Are we going Helen Mirren, or are we going uh, Glenn Close? Because it's, it's Glenn Close, right?
1: It's obviously Glenn Close. So I saw Helen Mirren recently on an advert, uh-huh. and she looks like a different person. What happened? I don't know.
0: But Is it, is it a bit like Felicity Kendall?
1: It's, she's Felicity Kendall on us overnight.
0: Uh, well, you know what? That's okay.
1: No, it's fine, okay. but I was surprised. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Um, just, just because it very quickly brings home the finality that someday Helen Mirren will die, and I, I'm not ready for that.
0: I disagree. <laughs> Her and Judy Dench and David Attenborough are going to go live in a farm upstate.
1: Daddy Fattenborough.
0: Daddy Fattenborough. Mm-hmm. They're just going to go live elsewhere, and we can't visit them because it's too far away, but there's loads of room for them to run around. <laughs> okay. With all <laughs> those it's dogs right. that went away. <laughs> it's really great. Um, now, before we get into this, I want to say, mm-hmm. do we want to go for the traditional maiden mother chrome? um trio of witches or should we try and break down that um that old I'm gonna say slightly patriarchal view of women mm-hmm. uh and go for a different trio or are we gonna are we going to understand that witch magic is inherently social magic and therefore it must work within the systems even within the systems within the systems that it occupies. So right. drawing on the level I think I think we should do Maiden Mother the Crown is what I'm saying. Right,
1: because I was just going to pick people I fancied who look good in in witch outfits.
0: That's okay. You know what? That's much easier.
1: Like it's just simple. I mean, I'm not saying it's it's necessarily the best way, but it's what.
0: Okay, like I want to pick people who are witchiest.
1: Yeah, that's true. Like you need somebody who can really handle being a witch.
0: Yeah, Uh, like for instance, woman whose son is an owl. What? Oh, that woman. Her son's an owl. She looks like David Bowie. She was David Bowie. She was in Constantine. Only Love is Left Alive. Her son's an owl!
1: <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about! <laughs> like, the only, the only actress... Tilda that remember... Swinton! Okay. Right, because the most recent actress I've seen play David Bowie was Gillian Anderson.
0: Oh, man, Gillian Anderson.
1: And, and like, that's is why she, I, didn't write, she, I
0: didn't... Is she a witch?
1: No. No. No, Tilda no she's, she's an investigator. About witches. She knows a lot get, about witches, but Can we witches.
0: get Swince in there? We can get, we can have Swince. Swince. We've got Swince? Are we doing Close?
1: I feel close is too obvious. It is I, rather I think, on the nose, isn't it? I think Glen Close should be like the Queen of the Kingdom.
0: Yeah, or like fucking Queen of the Witches, but she she arrives at some point, but she's not the main character.
1: No, I like that she's Queen of the Queen of the Witches, who kind of gets into the story Hamlet ways. Like, she comes to consult.
0: Right, yeah. Okay. Um,
1: But we need people like Bette Midler. Like, Bette Midler was astonishing in Hocus Pocus.
0: I think she's already been a witch. No, no, no. We should be
1: pushing the... That's why I said people like Bette Midler. I kind of want to put forward
0: Tessa Thompson. I have no idea who that is. She was on, she was on Thor. Um, it's just it's just a woman I fancy who well, dresses a witch. <laughs> She's a very good actress. Okay,
1: I've, yeah, I've, I've never heard her. Don't know what she looks like.
0: Uh, okay, cool. Uh, okay, so so we need witchy people who can handle being witches. Mm-hmm. We're going for Swints. it's yeah, an obvious casting choice, but I've not seen her do full witch before.
1: No, that's true. I think that could be really interesting to see what, what she does mm. with it.
0: Mm. Okay, it's your draw. Who are you putting in? It's a difficult one. We'll decide together on the last one.
1: So I think I'm going to go slightly more horror based.
0: Wait, one thing—he oh, did say celebrities, not actresses. So we can have Ainsley Warrell Thompson if we want.
1: Okay, first off, there's nobody called Ainsley Warrell Thompson.
0: There's oh, Ainsley yeah. Warrell Thompson. And and Ainsley, Hale. no, no, no. It's it's the uh, it's the it's the meld. they yes. the, um, the chrono shift together.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jamie Oliver.
1: No. I mean, like if you are looking at if you are looking at celebrity chefs, we can't go wrong with Nigella.
0: She's she's top draw witch,
1: like that. That's that's a zero fail situation.
0: Yeah, maybe just her three times, <laughs> both like, maiden, mother, and crow. Yeah, the the different eras of Nigella. Yeah. Um. Okay. Yes, it's your pull. Go.
1: Um. <clears throat> what was I talking about? I was talking about horror.
0: Yeah, horror, horror-themed. horror
1: So, there's a lot of people at the moment, a lot of actresses, who are doing, like, the standard flee-from-things horror. Right. But my suggestion from that sort of horror genre is Rosamund Pike. Oh, Rosamund Pike. For two reasons. Okay. One, because I fancy her. Well, and yeah. two, because she does a really good incredulous face.
0: Hmm. Yes, Fair.
1: And I think that that would be really strong when you're looking at a coven of witches. Mm. You have a, oh, the workings have gone wrong. That sort of mm. thing. Yeah. I think we need somebody to really, really hype that angle up.
0: Can I can I put forward the third one? You can put them forward, yes. The guy who played the horrible monster in Mama.
1: Oh, um, Javier Bardem.
0: No. That's, that's a different that's, name. That, he's a handsome fellow. It's he's, he's a Spanish guy, I know that much. I forget his name. But he is, um, he's like eight foot tall and made out of elbows.
1: Javier Botet. His name Sorry? is Javier, Javier Botet.
0: Botet. Yes. Him. He, yeah,
1: with his Eulers, Dan
0: Lals. A frigging nightmare creature of a man.
1: He's astonishing. Have you ever he's... seen an interview with him? Uh, no, I've not. He's hes wonderfully articulate. Oh, good. Um, and there was this absolutely beautiful bit where I can't remember who he's talking to. He's talking to somebody who was he was in a film with. Uh-huh. Like somebody famous, like I want to say, like Johnny Depp level. Mm-hmm. Um, and missed. yeah, and he's outside of the costume, and he like curls his enormous hand around theirs, shakes it and very slowly, goes, "It was lovely working with you," <laughs> but in his in his beautiful <laughs> accent that he has. Oh,
0: and the other package. guy
1: apparently was just sitting there, like like his hand was shaking. Yeah, who are you? And he just goes, "Oh, I was the monster?" And walks in because <laughs> he'd never seen him outside of the makeup. Oh, wow, really? So he had no idea. That's and like really he, cool. he, this guy was apparently like getting essentially flashbacks to, mm. to doing the to doing the thing. Like, oh god, you are creepy.
0: Yeah, that's that, that's, that's kind of cool. Like not having the monster come out of costume. Mm, my that's learned like, like, response when
1: seeing somebody yeah. move like you do is to act scared.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really cool. So yes, he'd be the third witch.
1: Yes, I think that would be wonderful. And just just dressed as Mama.
0: Yeah, pretty much. We just yeah. Well, I mean, we're typecasting him as a terrifying shapeshifting monster. But, but you yeah,
1: if if you, if you yeah. haven't seen Mama, um, not only is it a top draw horror film, but it is beautifully shot.
0: And it's, it's it's in Spanish too. Okay. Is it the, Spanish? The one
1: I watched wasn't.
0: Oh, okay. we been thinking. About <laughs> I don't think
1: one. it's in Spanish now. Um, but like, there's an awful lot of hidden stuff for you to see. Mm-hmm like, it, there's, there's there's one bit which is just this um, tracking shot. Somebody's talking in one room, and it quickly snaps over. But it snaps back, and each time the bit in the middle is different. Oh, nice. And it's really quick. And it's really mm. nicely done. Um, and, like, in one bit, in the, as you as it snaps over, there's a boy hiding behind something. Mm. And when it comes back, like, some bread is gone. <laughs> or something, and the boy's gone as well. I'm and it's
0: telling a little story through those. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's just these hidden little tiny things.
0: Mama's great. You need to watch it. Ah, I'm all right. I don't like scary films. Ah, well, you're doing it wrong. Uh, scary. Yeah. Fauxshard fifteen twenty asks, "Do you ever design encounters to counter specific PCs?
1: Not if I can avoid it.
0: Mm. Like that.
1: That sounds like I'm going to ruin this person in particular's day.
0: Well, yeah, that's fair." I think that there's 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 this weird sort of um implied arms race in d and d that the do that the dm has to stay one step ahead of the players, yes, and let's say for example i mean i mean one of the first questions we uh, we answered on here was how do you counter a flying character yeah, you time to a radiator but <laughs> that that goes like above and beyond to the point where you've got things like uh gunslingers are a fairly common character in Pathfinder. Yeah. and um they are super overpowered unless the enemies think to bring one level 2 spell which completely nullifies them <laughs> which is which is protection from arrows and it also works against bullets and all of their magic is based through bullets yeah it's
1: like their their bullets work as like touch attacks or something isn't yeah, it pretty yeah
0: pretty much um you get to make a tu- you get to make an attack against against touch AC because you just pierce through armor yeah and it's it's a really cool idea for a class, but it's completely hinged around around that. And so if if your if your villains make that pretty sane choice,
1: yeah, like that's not that's not dumb.
0: No, that at which point your gunfighter is your, your gunslinger is, is is basically removed from the game. And there's very so there's, a, there's like hard breaks. you have got things like anti magic fields, or you've got say like if there's a character who. Um, who has to kill enemies to heal or, 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 to, or to keep themselves going You give them like very small numbers of enemies With lots of hit points And it can be an interesting challenge For that player, certainly It can also allow other players time to shine But it's an unnecessarily antagonistic relationship
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons That I see um, these these counter-encounters cropping up Is generally because the DM's done something In quotation marks, wrong Yes. Like, I've accidentally given my players a plus-five sword. How can I take it away from them? them Why did nicely. you give them a plus-five sword? What? If you knew it would break your game.
0: What happened? I mean, I guess, like, they didn't know, and then now they know, and they're scared of talking to people like adults.
1: If it's in the game, a player can get it.
0: I think I think what at that, at that point what you'd do is, rather than countering it in a fight, you'd have a cunning gnome steal it. <laughs> and then and then have him run away until they hit level appropriate to have the sword.
1: Or have him mm-hmm. steal it and then murder them. Because he's now got a plus five <laughs> sword and overcomes all of their problems.
0: Like like they're on that like they're sailing the high seas looking for this gnome and he just cuts the boat in half lengthwise.
1: Yeah, just add a man team plus five sword.
0: Bye! <laughs> <laughs> and then and then he uh, he rides the sword out of there like a jet ski. See you in Rio, pricks! <laughs> Does the five plus um sorry, does the plus five on a plus five sword also apply t- to riding it around in the sea?
1: Yes, it gives you a plus, a plus five to rad gnome checks.
0: if it's broad enough to to surf on,
1: yeah, so it works like a jet ski.
0: Mm. I've got to assume magic items float.
1: I I don't think so.
0: It seems like magic floats. I mean, than it,
1: Excalibur it expressly didn't float.
0: Well, it was broken.
1: But it was still an important part of it that it did it, not float.
0: It needed a new king put in.
1: <laughs> well, uh, I've got a solution for that. What you do is you take t- you take them out, you take out the kings out, and you rub them together, yeah. <laughs> and that gives you another couple of a couple of hours of king.
0: that <laughs> will give you a couple more hours of rulership. Yeah,
1: and also if if you drop a king from about yeah. two inches,
0: yeah, if it
1: bounces, mm-hmm. that king's that king needs, needs replacing.
0: Yeah, but if it but just it, stops, if, if it lands, that's a good it goes, king. That's that. That king's got a good few years left in him. Yeah, Solomon told me that say,
1: right after the not thing.
0: The more, the more you drop a king, the uh, the more you damage him. Yes,
1: it is also loud and annoying.
0: Yes. Yes, I think this is this is unnecessarily antagonistic um, encounter design, and I think you like you can certainly have challenges which will which will challenge certain PCs, and that's how I write every game, it's how I run every game I'm in. It's like, oh, well, this person wants to talk to someone, this person wants to lie to someone, this person wants to steal something, this person wants to fight, and then you just sort of mush those together into what amounts to a session.
1: Yeah, I mean, what you're doing there is you're swinging the spotlight about. Yes, but what but what you're doing with a um, a, a, a Kendra counter Kendra. scene mm. is you're swinging the spotlight on them and then turning the spotlight brightness up mm. so that it's uncomfortable and they can't do what they want to do
0: <laughs> they start sweating
1: yeah, and it's just it's not cool
0: so yeah it's not cool and like, I can certainly see things like oh um, in this fight there is an archer and they're far away so we can send the rogue up to, to shank them yeah. That's not a counter to the road. That's not an opportunity for the road to do his or her thing. To do yeah, their thing for them to or shine. Like, or, like, having a trap, which is... Im- I, can, I, can I say something about traps?
1: You f- regularly do. Fuck
0: traps. Fuck traps! Fuck traps. I've not had a fun one. It's not... It's never been good. I've had fun fights. I've had fun puzzles, maybe. I assume. I've had fun traversal. I've had fun everything else in Dungeons & Dragons. hmm But... I've never, it's never been like, oh great, a trap What an interesting thing
1: So the only kind of traps that are interesting If you've seen these um, I can't remember where I saw the video, but letter traps No They're really interesting, so you get dagger letter traps And uh-huh. if you're listening to this I suggest you watch a video of it Because it explains it okay. But essentially it forces a letter to self-destruct Oh um, And like a, a dagger letter trap What it does is, it, is you cut The letter in a very specific way Mm-hmm. And you thread the letter through itself. Right. And if you don't open the letter correctly, as you unfold it, the entire thing shreds. Oh, that's so cool. Um, and they did things like um, putting very small amounts of gunpowder.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then, like, licking and sticking two bits of paper together. Mm-hmm. So that the gunpowder would drag across itself and ignite. Oh. So you wouldn't get an explosion. Just, it would just but burn would- the paper. Yeah.
0: That's so cool. And it's
1: worth, there's a a YouTube channel that just shows you in this beautiful, like, the sound is ramped up, but they say nothing. They're just very gently cut pieces of paper Mm. for 15 glorious minutes.
0: Delectable.
1: And they make these traps, and there's no videos of them opening, which is infuriating. (laughs) Oh. Um, Oh. But do have a look for them, because it's a really interesting way of looking at commonplace traps rather Mm. than uh, the floor is going to fall away, which is really hard. This is something that everyday people might do if what they've if what they've written down is a problem.
0: Yeah, I think like having having a poisoned lock, or that like or, or like a poisoned dart trap on a chest. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just not fun. Yeah,
1: um, and how I mean, do we make
0: them fun? Like, do, do we do we have to think about what what it what role they perform?
1: Yeah, I think I think part of the thing to do with traps is to actually make them less complex. Hmm. Because at the moment, what you've got is these Rube Goldberg machines. Mm-hmm. That if you stand on the wrong lever, if you stand on the wrong um, stone, it yeah. makes poison darts fly out of a wall twenty feet away.
0: Yeah, that's that's difficult. There's like, basically at that point you've got magic as um, yeah. silicon chips.
1: Whereas, like, so imagine you've got um, you've got a, a treasure chest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, standard lid on the top treasure chest.
0: We've all seen one. The
1: actual treasure chest, with the treasure in it, is, is smaller, and inside that chest,
0: it's just chests all the way down. <laughs> no, right. Meanwhile, but you're running away with the gold. <laughs>
1: but there's an extra layer of, of um, like, contained in the space that's just thin glass, mm-hmm. that's got acid in it. Right. So it's not eating through the glass. No. And if you just lift the lid of the of the treasure chest, the front mm-hmm. falls away, mm-hmm. and as it impacts, it sprays the acid around. Right. So all you need to do to stop that trap happening is to put your flat hand flat against it and hold the front up. And catch it. And catch it before it lands, mm. before it hits the ground and breaks. So if, if, the, if the fighter opened that chest, that's not something they would have thought of. And it's not in their skill vocabulary. Mm. But if the rogue does it, they'll go, oh, hang on. The signs of this bit separate. That's mm. interesting.
0: You can sell this acid.
1: Well, yeah, you can sell this acid. You can do whatever, but <clears throat> it it's plausible rather yes, than I, being. I think, I think that's the thing. I, I am, I am now part of a spell. I have just been flung from a catapult in a dungeon.
0: I, I think. I think as well. Like the issue for me is that it very very rarely makes sense for them to be there. Mm. Like you're going like just in terms. Of, I think we've had this joke before, but in terms of workplace health and safety. Yeah. Like there's no. There's no sense in having a pit dug in the middle of of the main corridor into your into your workplace.
1: Yeah, I mean, like the, the the tomb of horrors gets thrown about a lot because it's it's, it's a, a classic a joke,
0: right? Yeah, it is a joke.
1: Yeah, and it's got a load of traps in it, but it has a, a trap that everybody remembers because it's fantastic and it's not necessarily a health and safety problem.
0: Is it the doorbell?
1: It's a bin. Oh, okay. There's an enormous grinning gargoyle face with a sphere of annihilation where the mouth is. Mm -hmm. The only time that hurts you if you say I'm putting my hand in the demon mouth. (laughs) Then it takes your hand off. Yeah. You expressly have to try to hurt yourself with that thing. But otherwise what you do is like oh I've just finished my coke throw that in.
0: You know, so it's it's just it's just a big garbage disposal. Just, yeah,
1: like I mean, I don't think that's what they class it as, but that's that's what I put oh. it as is in a in a dungeon because there's going to be a lot of trash generated by goblins and whatever.
0: It's what's, it's strange, okay? It's strange because on one hand they're saying yes, you see. This is a dangerous world, and you, must, and you must be careful. But on the other hand, they're saying, hey, drink the lever, pull the potion. I'm sorry, pull the lever, drink the potion, go explore. Find <laughs> yeah. everything. Oh, what a strange and fantastic world. Here's here's this weird, dark sphere. Do you want to touch the sphere? Oh, I guess I do. Ooh, idiot. No. Yeah. Don't interrupt with the world I made for you. And it's, it's <laughs> this weird sort of, it's like, it's treating players like weird bratty subs.
1: Mm. And I mean, like, interesting traps are things like tripwires in the forest that ring bells yes that's an interesting trap because that forces an encounter social if you're lucky combat if you're not yeah um but the the sort of swinging tree log trap Mm. it's just when i ducked it well i was too far away (laughs) i mean that's only gonna hit people in the path right yeah i said i was scouting off off to the left i'm fine
0: Oh no no no! I'm not there. No, I'm not, I'm not there though.
1: <laughs> no, nah, I said it was near the wizard. That's at the back.
0: I think I should like to give like like there should be a feat you take, which is your your character just wherever you say they are. <laughs> okay, Steve. Okay,
1: just spend the feat slot, and we can stop arguing about this every session.
0: Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and they and then and when another character reads something, they they can understand it too. <laughs> no matter where okay. you are. You speak any language that your mates speak. How about that?
1: So that you don't have to tell the other person what it just said. <laughs> what a weird well, chain that is. You read the document. It says, and then you run through like two paragraphs.
0: Yeah.
1: Go, ah. So what did it say? Well, can you well, read that again? Can you read that again? Because I've forgotten it.
0: Like, or like, or like, like the GM will describe what's in a room, and then look to the player to tell the other players what's in the room. <laughs> and inevitably, the player says, "Oh, I just tell you what the GM said." Yes. And it can it just it's no fun.
1: It's like it's a short, short hands down to and I info dump.
0: Give me a question, Christopher. I'll give you
1: a question. Alexander Grey is mm-hmm. looking for quick cinematic fights. Now, I believe Alexander Grey mm-hmm. was looking for a game in which there is quick cinematic fights.
0: Yeah, if only someone if only two handsome oh. men had written one.
1: But I'm not just looking for that. Oh. I'm looking for how you make fights quick and cinematic.
0: Well, so we come into well, one you play wushu, yeah, Um, that'll that'll do it. But let's answer the question a bit more thoroughly. Properly, yeah. So, so I suppose the the idea between let's go cinematic and realistic. Mm -hmm. For example, Um, there is no ultimate realistic role-playing game, and if there was, it wouldn't be fun to play. These, Um, these but we've wrote it and made millions. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just so you know. these are these are these are stories, mm-hmm. um, and so we need mechanics which help us tell stories. And if you look at, I suppose, like the most famous cinematic RPG is uh, Feng Shui, yeah, which is quite rules heavy. In terms of like, there are there are there are things you can and can't do, and that and that changes. Like in, normally in Dungeons and Dragons, it'll be oh you can lift this much, you can jump this far, mm-hmm. and in Feng Shui, it's you have enough guns to outfit all of your friends in the boot of your car at all times,
1: <laughs> which is always and, fun.
0: Which is fun, and so like it, like you get to establish truths in that in, in in the world in that way. But you've also got ones like like so uh, when you enter a scene and you make a shooting attack, make that same attack against every mook you can see. Yep. And that sort of thing. So they give you little buffs to your power in that way. But it's quite rulesy and quite setting heavy and quite crunchy. And the other and the, the other uh, element of that, the, the other end of the spectrum is wushu, which has almost no mechanics whatsoever. I'd actually say it has too few mechanics. Yes. I love it. Oh, it's, it's wonderful, it's, but it's it, it can be unsustainable. a problem.
1: Yeah, you can't do it for more than a session.
0: Um, and and the thing is, like the mechanics themselves um, don't necessarily enforce cinematic play. It what what they what they lend is they lend the, they lend the uh, the players the capacity to just offer details that fit the tone of the game. And the more details they offer, the more dice they throw, and the better they are at the fight. And because role playing tends towards slightly campy, over the top fights, that's what you end up with in wushu. And also, it's inherently encouraged by the game. And I think that the way, like the way in which you encourage cinematic, uh, quick cinematic fights, is every time a player asks, like for example, a player will be like, "Is he on a balcony?" or um, "Or can I see him from here?" It's yes, if you want him to. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what's 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 most interesting? Which is how I which is how I handle pretty much every positioning question I get asked in a game. What's more interesting right now? What do yeah. you want to happen? Because I can always get more guys.
1: And I mean, one of the other things to point out is not not just looking at the word quick, but looking specifically at cinematic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What that means is the camera is pointed in a certain direction. Yes. Like the camera isn't looking at the bad guys unless you see them loading a rocket launcher.
0: Yes, it doesn't matter. It,
1: what the bad guys are doing, I don't, I don't care 90% yeah. of the time. Unless they're going yeah. to do something that is going to affect the person who's currently got the camera on them. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything.
0: Mm.
1: It's about what that player, what the player in the focus does.
0: Yeah,
1: um, and they need to always look superhuman. I don't mean Superman level of superhuman. Yeah, but I don't think that I could disarm somebody by doing a backflip kick. No. Like I like these most guys can. Most Navy SEALs who have trained for decades <laughs> cannot do that.
0: They probably use their hands. They probably use
1: their hands because it's easier. Yeah. Yes. Like You can then shoot them with the hand that you've taken the gun with.
0: <laughs> yes, precisely. Um,
1: but that's that's not what cinematic is about. It's about showing them as better than everybody else.
0: Yeah, because if, if if they were
1: the same as everybody else, why didn't everybody else do this?
0: I think also not penalizing people for stuff. No. So uh, one of the one of the biggest blocks I've I, I've seen is 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 like oh I wanna uh, I wanna charge down the corridor, leap over the table, and 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 smash into the guy. Yeah. Okay, well uh, you're gonna run through several enemy arcs of fire, so I'm gonna need some some avoid damage from you there, and then I'm gonna need an athletics test to get over the table, and then you hit the guy. It's like okay, well, all right, I guess I'll go left where there aren't any people looking at me, avoid the table, and hit him. Right, okay, that's fine.
1: Yeah. What um, you no, no no I'm going for it I'm really happy with this I've dodged all their fire and I've stabbed yeah. my toe on the table yeah but like I, to, to look at a film that exactly matches that mm-hmm. is John Wick yes um, because well if you look at the actual fight scenes long as they are in John Wick <clears throat> time and time again the film overcomes standard problems of D&D mm-hmm. firstly it always lets him do whatever's cool yeah, Time is elastic <laughs> Despite there being Some time urgency in the mission That he's doing He then spends several hours Smashing concrete out of a room in his basement Yes Because it doesn't matter, because he's the star
0: Yeah, you can just get through it That's fine
1: He uses guns at point blank range in melee Yeah No penalties, no tax opportunities <laughs> from everybody else <laughs> Grappling is quick, easy and
0: fluid Because he's holding a gun
1: Because he's holding a gun He yeah. is proficient with everything he picks up
0: He's proficient with game
1: Yeah Like if if I was a fighter and I'd rolled over And picked up a halberd that I wasn't proficient in I might as well have just hit them
0: Yeah um,
1: and, and he goes through hundreds of mooks Hundreds of like probably honestly The same actors over and over again <laughs>
0: Because just one go
1: because a lot of them are description, not the combat role.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Like that's that's what he does. That's what he does as he builds power up to the important bit. Yeah, that's as
1: he's filling his ultimate bar.
0: Oh, I suppose actually, that's that's the those guys are the villains' attack. Yeah, as it were. Yes, that's an interesting idea. I haven't thought of henchmen as villain attacks. Yeah, that Sorry. works perfectly. Like, but like, so like, so so almost like they're part of the lair. Mm. You know. Yeah, so yeah, the the um, villain
1: attacks you and does three d six worth of henchman damage. Yeah, and if it's like if the, they roll, then the henchman clips you with a gun.
0: The fray dice in uh, I want to say Heroes of the Scarlet Horizon or something. I the clip the phase? It. No, it's a it's a fantasy game. Okay, because um, so the it clip it's the phase flash, has fray. Then, then yeah, then it's the same thing. Uh, but basically, uh, it is a dice you roll determined uh, determined by your uh, class. And then anyone who's standing near you takes that much damage at the, at, <laughs> at the start of your turn, or at the end of your turn. Which is just you swinging your sword around and hitting things, but it, it lets you it lets you only focus on important things and mooks auto die. Yeah, I like the concept, but
1: I don't like the fact that that's going to slow down my game for everybody every time their turn comes about comes up.
0: I suppose so. Like so, um, so the, the game it's designed for okay. is a it's a one GM one player character. Okay. So it really works in that respect, in that you don't have to have single one-on-one fights. You can have them mobbed, and then they can fight back without basically ruining the action economy.
1: Yeah, and honestly, though, that that sounds like a bandage for a hole in a system rather than a solution.
0: Oh, it very much is because it uses Dungeons and Dragons rules. Like it's a, it's like the game itself is a bandage which lets you run uh, traditional Dungeons and Dragons games with a single player.
1: Right. So this is this so is it's plastered on top of a bandage.
0: It's intended as a fix rather than we're going to write everything up from the start. And so unless right, okay. you, you take an old-fashioned like old uh, 3.5 or second-ed uh, adventure and run it basically straight out of the book with a few tweaks in mechanics. Okay. The other thing I would recommend for cinematic fights, and if, if you've learned nothing else, dear listener, this is the most important thing I can tell you, which is a character for, I'm going to say, 90, 95% of the time they're playing the game Always does the damage of their highest weapon in every fight, no matter what their action is, as long as it's some sort of attack.
1: If you headbutt them, they roll their great axe damage.
0: Yes, and it's not like you're not headbutting them with the force of a great axe. You're headbutting them with the narrative importance of a great axe. Yeah. So they'll get knocked out, or like like their nose will break and they'll go down, or they'll oh, stagger over and hit their head and die or whatever. But um w- what are the most one of the one of the best things you can do in making something cinematic rather than realistic is or i suppose what we would class as realistic but is more simulationist is using props in 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 fight scenes so like hitting yeah. people's heads off tables pushing people downstairs, um jamming a toaster in jamming a magazine in the toaster and then turning the gas on and then doing that born identity thing with buzz up a house all that <laughs> cool stuff yeah Using props means that you that you cement things in the world. You can even have fun fun rules, which which is like let's say, oh, um, if you use this prop, you get advantage on this roll, that sort of thing, which just encourages people to encourages you in a game which might have very fluid narrative, um, abstract descriptions of time and space. It gives you anchors to put uh, for for players to imagine and for the for the scene to focus on.
1: Yeah, and I mean, one of the other things is that you're reinforcing the fact. By giving them this this higher dice, mm. you're reinforcing the fact that creativity is king rather than your sheet.
0: Yes, precisely.
1: Because if if somebody goes, I'm gonna I'm gonna break my way through this crowd and headbutt him. Okay, that yeah. you do a d4 damage. Yeah, that's telling your player, don't do that. When and you like, could when you could have hit him with the axe and done d12. I've
0: heard. I I've, I read a, a a guy who was on Reddit years ago, and he was complaining, and he and he. he he, he was saying like now this may sound like the ramblings of an old man but it's not (laughs) i'm just upset at story games because i'm not a
1: racist but
0: because you hear people talking about story games and how they went up and and punched the king unconscious and that was just because the story was cool not because we not because they'd earned it and then he talks about how you know he 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 had to adventure up up, uphill both ways when he was a (laughs) child and he got and when he got to level 17 it meant something and I think that, just, just to briefly like count, counterpoint here, there is something neat about being able to headbutt, uh, headbutt someone into unconsciousness because you've built your character that way. Yeah. Because, because like, within the rules of the world, you have done this. And that makes that all the more valuable. It also makes it all the more boring, so don't do it. <laughs> just let, pe- let people headbutt people, for God's sakes. It doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, and I mean, also, unless I'm doing a campaign every, every Thursday night for a year, mm. the players aren't getting to that point.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fair.
1: Like, who has that kind of time? Mm. Who can get a full group of people around a table
0: every Thursday?
1: I don't know. At the same them. time. You hear
0: about these games and people being like, oh, our campaign's been going for 12 years, actually. What? How? i haven't, i don't I haven't known anyone for twelve years like people
1: have jobs live in different places, some of them' have got reason. kids
0: maybe it's maybe it's American people willing to like travel three hours for half a half an hour of a game
1: maybe, but I'm not doing that like that's the entire length of our country, and I'm not doing that
0: no no you you' you you'll you'll not get on the train for forty five minutes to come see me.
1: no it's a bloody nightmare. I have to get it's on the fun. train and the tubes
0: ah what <laughs> Uh, would you ask a question? I'd love a question. That'd be darling. Hmm. Anybody know why our elves are better and our dwarves are all the same? By says What? What has? What has? I'm going to explain this one of them. Please. First. This one looks so, a bit out of context right here. Our elves are better. So these are both TV tropes from the um, popular website TVTropes.com. Okay. Our elves are better is a common trope in fantasy settings where elves are changed. Okay. Uh, we done it when we, we wrote *Fire*. However, and and also you'll note that throughout many role playing games, elves are different, mm-hmm. uh, and quite commonly they'll be made more magical or more foresty or more um, fae or more astral or taller or whatever. But dwarves are basically the same in every setting they're in. Yeah it's very hard to think of non-standard dwarves. I think Dark Sun has non-standard dwarves. Yeah, um, I mean, there's even like, then,
1: there's like el- elemental dwarves in the realm of brass or something. Oh,
0: well, I guess so, but that's not dwarves. No, you know?
1: no, it's not just a standard dwarf. And I mean, like, the the D&D books have attempted this in a really, like, oh, uh, yeah, there's different <laughs> kinds of dwarf waves, kind of way mm. by doing, like, Sun Dwarf, Mountain Dwarf, Field Dwarf. It's just like, one of these has blonde hair. Yeah. You know? They're just dwarves from different countries. That doesn't count.
0: So why do you think it is?
1: Uh, I think it's because there's not really a problem with dwarves, whereas there's a problem with elves.
0: Because elves are viewed as higher.
1: I think elves are inherently problematic race. Okay. Elves, Hmm. in traditional fantasy, often come off as racist. Mm-hmm. They may not be painted that way, yeah. but what they're saying is technically racist.
0: They, they they view their civilization as superior. Yeah, that's pretty they're, common. Then they're generally the
1: Mary Sues of a of a of a world.
0: They don't need to sleep. They've got innate what's the, magic.
1: What's the male version of Mary Sue? I forgot the name. Uh, Mary Stew. Ah, I love that one. I'm really I really think that works. Um And so there's 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 uh, ammunition for changing them. There's there's a good reason to change them. Because, as I said, they are problematic because you can take all of those things and invert them and all that sort of stuff. But if you do that to dwarves, what do you make of shit dwarves?
0: Because <laughs> dwarves are awesome.
1: Dwarves are great. Like what, Like dwarves are the closest I can see to people in Outside a game. of humans. Humans are barely humans anymore.
0: That's true. Yeah, they bounce around. They're far too expansionist.
1: Yeah. And like it's like, oh, they're good at whatever they turn their mind to. Oh, they're bollocks
0: yeah that's, that's the thing so, so like, like, like humans are the, are the Mary Sue's in that case as well it's oh they can do anything which means they have no particular characteristic
1: yeah they're not focused there's nothing interesting about them really boring and again so, like this is another point where D&D products have gone well there's different races and they come from different places and they've got different stats that's also a problem mate
0: that yes, I mean, like species or ancestries, I think, is a better way to. Yes, that, but that
1: when around. they're literally doing, these people are from fantasy India, and they yeah. they react this way. Yeah. Dot that.
0: Now, you did say elves are more problematic than dwarves. I'm gonna. It's gonna be very hard to word sensitively. Yes. But what if you gave dwarves Israeli accents?
1: Then that would be a problem. Yes.
0: Yes because they do embody a lot of negative stereotypes about Jewish people.
1: They do. Yes. But I'd argue that their their traits are less weaponized.
0: it depends and, uh, on the society. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to find a way to say it that doesn't just mean that that, 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 that isn't me saying no they're not racist. They're not. That's mm-hmm. that, that, that they are they do have those traits and that yeah, is a problem things inherently racist. Yeah. However, elves are almost always contrary, and dwarves are almost always welcoming and cheerful.
0: That's fair, yeah. And like they're they're, they're quite they're, they're often isolationist in that in that they're sort of retreating under the mountain to, to to do their own thing. Yeah, but they have that they have that sort of honour about them. There is yeah, nothing flighty like, about them.
1: If you went, or if you bothered to go the sixteen miles down into a dwarven kingdom, yeah, I don't think you'd be like turn back the way you came, stranger.
0: Yeah. I don't think oh, that's going to no, happen. Have some ale! Yeah, like,
1: welcome! What brings you down here?
0: Where, yeah, whereas generally, everyone who walks into an Elven forest gets filled with arrows.
1: Yeah, and then trussed up to a stick and taken to see their king. Hmm. And like, that's, that's a problem.
0: Whereas in, in a dwarven hall, the king is actually currently installing his own swimming pool and would love to come and hang out. Right?
1: He's just in there with a lilo. How, like, oh, like a really... Like, like one of those incredibly
0: rich shakes. So... I will say in 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 one game I changed elves by having so I had a lot of dwarves mm-hmm. and I had like dwarves are miners and dragonborn are miners and elves are miners but they just do magnets and they're shit <laughs> <laughs> and the entire elven economy is focused around mining magnets. That's beautiful. However, what could we do to make dwarves different and interesting? What can we what can we tweak about them? So, like for example, um, when we did spire. We had the High Elves as weird alien creatures.
1: Yeah. We went the um, Fey route, essentially. We went,
0: the, we went the Fey route, yeah. Fey, but they don't have any sort of higher bosses they report to. They're just assholes. Mm-hmm. And we made Dark Elves controversially into people. Good lord. Mm. So I'm interested to see what we could do with... Oh, we made, we made humans into tall gnomes. Mm. Basically. So I'm interested to see what we, what we could do with a dwarf. I think maybe the reason why dwarves aren't there is because they're already perfect little angels.
1: <laughs> they are darlings, bearded darlings. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the problems with with dwarves, as you said, is their isolation is nature,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and also the the gold obsession. Mm. So one way that we could fix both mm-hmm. is that they're inherently dangerous, not violent. Mm-hmm. However, they are physically biologically unstable okay and what they do is they consume gold they need yes. the gold to consume otherwise if for a better way of putting it they burst they, they explode. explode they literally yeah. like burn things around them
0: oh that's kind of fun so like like their metabolism is is incredibly powerful which is why they live so long
1: yeah like they, they have an actual furnace running in them that melts yeah, the gold cool. down and processes the gold yeah. and if it's not fed then they break. That's that's and that's that would that explains cool. that explains why they isolation is because yeah. they're like well if I don't live near a source of gold I'm a risk to you
0: mm. and also like you'd have you'd like there'd, there'd be offshoots of dwarves who eat different kinds of metal perhaps yeah. and one and, well, and just then, like,
1: <laughs> some elves just dropping in a, a, a horseshoe magnet <laughs>
0: <laughs> bring this from the kingdoms to the north fuck off <laughs> I I like that a great deal I like the idea of like um, them needing a couple of gold coins a month to survive.
1: Yeah, it's and like
0: um, that's why, and like, and, and, and they send out adventurers to go and get holds so people can eat.
1: Yeah, and like, uh, it's like if, if you've ever spent any length of time with um, a diabetic,
0: uh,
1: um, bear bear with me on this. Yeah, like you you learn quick things to help them when they're having a problem. Right. Yeah. Like they didn't quite get their insulin dose right. And they're having they they're, they're they're having a problem and like giving them neat ribena mm-hmm. will kind of stop gap.
0: Take the edge off.
1: Yeah, it's not gonna fix yeah. it entirely, but like that can stop it and it, depending on certain things. So you end up like carrying, as you say, like a couple of gold coins because you're friends with a dwarf. Yeah, I can, And you I never I like sp- you never spend those.
0: Emergency gold coins. They're
1: EpiPens. Yeah. You know, it's because you're because you great friends with the dwarf. You will never spend your last two gold coins.
0: Technically, they're GP pens. That's pretty good. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> but th- th- that that's a lovely role playing
0: angle. Mm. And like, it fits really neatly into D D. Yeah. And like, you you've got the capacity that when a dwarf levels up, that's their furnace getting hungrier.
1: Yes, and they need more gold, they, or whatever yeah. their their me- metal of choice.
0: They're not like hot to the touch, right? They're they're still, like fleshy, like us. No, I like to... I like the idea
1: that they're warm. Like yeah. their their body temperature is for us an extreme a, a, fever, hundred and five.
0: A, a few degrees above, but not. They're not like melting seats when they sit down.
1: No, no, no. But like if they sat in snow, mm. they would melt through it quicker than we would.
0: Dwarven berserkers. Yeah, they just drink a bunch of petrol. <laughs> oh my! Oh, Chris, Chris. Sorry, sorry. Dwarven berserkers have nitrous oxide injectors. <laughs> they're just huffing nangs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, they're not huffing them, Grant. They're swallowing them whole. They're swallowing them whole. The is furnace it bu- breaks it down, bursts steel. in their stomach. Yeah, and just hits them.
0: Oh, that's really cool. Unlike oh, can mate, have, have we? Have, have, is that is that just is that our next book? It might is be. Um
1: and like you can you can have um, special like important gold doing different yeah. things. Like oh. take the gold from Pirates of the Caribbean, the one that First turns gold. you undead. Yeah. What if they that? What happens then?
0: Yeah, they're going to
1: melt it down. So, like, it's going to to be processed
0: out of their system. Are they going to get like death magic on their weapons? Right. Also,
1: what does this dwarf poop?
0: I don't know. I figure they poop slag.
1: I think it's coke.
0: Yeah, like like something comes out. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. But it's like pellets of coke. I don't know. I don't know. As as this section may have proved, I don't know much about chemistry.
1: Okay, so when you heat coal a lot, mm-hmm. uh, like um, specifically, uh, there's loads of it in the fields around me because it was used right. in seam trains. Right. When you heat the, the the combination of stuff they had in in a furnace, the the iron in it kind of bubbles and solidifies through it.
0: Right. Okay. I is think I
1: think's what it is. Yeah, it's called coke. Oh. Uh, coke and clinker.
0: Clinker. I know clinker.
1: Yes. Yeah, same sort of stuff. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think they I think they just process down to these like ferrous balls. Yeah. So like you know, there's a dwarf in the bathroom because you hear this faint
0: tink. They're they're probably they're probably wretched up like an owl.
1: <laughs> no, I like the, I like the idea that they kind of poop it out and then give it to like kids a bed as marbles.
0: <laughs>
1: they wash like, it. It's fine. Well,
0: it's it's like a pearl, right? It comes yeah, exactly. Like, a like I mean, I think they don't need to wash it. It's not like they're not like it doesn't smell like poo.
1: No, there's literally no shit on it. There's there's no yeah. there's no. um Material um, <laughs> food in their body; it's only yeah. gold going in and booze.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, they they do still need to get drunk.
1: Yeah, but well, they can, just... and that's why yes. it explains why they drink so much because they need a lot to get drunk because their physiology yeah. is inherently completely different.
0: They they burn through beer at an astonishing rate.
1: Yeah, it just processes through, so their liver, whatever well, their equivalent of a yeah. liver, just goes cool. The toxins are gone.
0: Yeah. Oh come on.
1: Come on, so they've got to keep <laughs> drinking these insane amounts just to stay drunk. And
0: like like dwarf beer is effectively high grade poison. Yeah, it's deadly. Yeah, like it like humans shouldn't breathe near it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you can see the fumes. But it's like like, like it's a like, hor- like, like like a mirage on the horizon.
0: Yeah, so so dwarves drinking human beer is like trying to get drunk on non alcoholic beer. It's
1: like trying to get drunk on American beer, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: exactly what it is
0: up boy dwarfs. Okay, that's <laughs> There it is. Give me a question. Uh,
1: this is from the HP in HP Source stands for Houses of Parliament. Yeah, that's correct. Which is both a long name and something to think about. Mm. How do you inspire horror in your players without resorting to taking away their agency?
0: Um, tie them to their chair and slowly fill the room with water. But then their characters <laughs> have full agency. <laughs>
1: Well, so what you're saying is create a Saw-like scenario for the player.
0: Yeah. it's um, During it's which meth- they
1: must complete a campaign of Dungeons & Dragons.
0: It's method, darling. <laughs> Immersion in Ev- many ways. Every
1: role you fail, I will hurt you.
0: For every role you fail, I will kill you.
1: I've got your dog.
0: I, okay, I think that this, this, this is tricky because, like, the essence of horror is feeling out of control and feeling small and powerless if you're powerful it's not really horror anymore and i think also like there's there's the capacity of like oh it's been wrong all this time i didn't realize that sort of thing now, chris mm. is obviously the horror expert in this in this duo I, I think the key
1: to not taking away their agency is to completely take away their agency without telling them oh
0: okay. so
1: the key to horror and to inspiring horror, and this this is especially noticeable in sort of mid-90s horror films, which is you give the players a choice. One of two things. However, one of them won't get them killed. And that is obvious.
0: Right, I see.
1: They are brutally... So like, for instance, you've got a shotgun. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: uh, And you can see to your right a running vehicle... Mm-hmm. and to your left, Jason is coming towards you with a knife.
0: Hmm. I shoot at the running vehicle.
1: <laughs> but that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like you have, you have an option. You have the power to deal with a problem.
0: Yeah, you can shoot him, or you can
1: run. Or you can run. However, yeah. the previous things that you've seen is that that man gets up with shotgun shells. Mm-hmm. You can slow him. I can slow him down.
0: Yeah. But I but can't better hit kill him. him. But I better yeah. hit him. Or
1: I can take the other option. I can leave. Yeah, you can jump this to the is car an, and then shoot can, him
0: as, as you run off.
1: And then he teleports across the park and kills me anyway. He's very, he's very good. Yeah. Um, but the point is that you give them the options. One is achievable and safe. And the other is hard and deadly. But you, you know give how, them the option.
0: You know how Jason um, returns one night of the year and murders people? Mm-hmm. Does that make him kind of like Santa Claus, but for murder?
1: Yes, uh, except he visits less people. Thankfully,
0: just just the people around it. Is it Crystal Camp Lake or Crystal? Lake Yeah, Camp? there's
1: there's that. Well, it, it kind of gets tied to family lines, and it gets a bit weird. And yeah, revengency. he does get a space, I
0: seem to recall at one point.
1: Yeah, and yeah. just Freddie versus Jason is still glorious. People, you mm. st- you need to watch that. And just mm. watching, watching them, watching them all team up against against Freddie mm. is charming.
0: I think that giving like giving people obvious choices is tricky because like it's it's up to you to communicate how obvious those choices are, and there might be miscommunication there, or players also players like might think, oh, I've got a shotgun. This means I can solve the problem of a man coming towards me. Yep. Whereas another player might be, oh, hang on, I've seen enough horror films. Chris really likes horror films. I'm getting in the car.
1: That's why I said at the beginning <clears throat> of that that you. You, you, uh, the person has seen already that if you shoot Jason, he gets back up. Mm. You, you seed throughout the rules of your game. Yes, um, you need to tell them the the playing field that they're actually playing on. You can't just the, you can't just in media right. res. You're standing here. There's a man with a knife on your left and a car on your right. You've got a shotgun. What do you do?
0: Yeah,
1: that's not the place for that sort of thing. You were looking at like. 25% of the way through your game is when you start putting those those choices in, when you really start driving horror in. Because you shouldn't really start a horror game with horror.
0: No. Which is tricky, actually. Because most horror films start with unconnected horror. So it'll be like someone gets murdered. Yes. And then, and then we meet our characters.
1: But you can drop that on people because that's entirely passive in a, in, mm. in a, in a movie.
0: You can, Whereas, yeah, you can describe it, basically. In, yeah, There's In no a game, game,
1: unless you sit there and tell them about what's normal and how this mm. is weird Then, they, yeah. then they, they have nothing to compare it to So you have to show them
0: Can I put forward an alternate solution? You can You take away their agency but don't tell them Okay. Much like Chris was saying earlier However, rather than there being, say, one obvious right answer And one obvious wrong answer Or about them learning the system um, Or any other way of solving this you Whatever they choose, it goes wrong Okay, but it, but it but it goes wrong as a result of their actions. So there's always like there's always a bad way something can happen. There's, there's always things can always shake out bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's say for example, um, you uh, you throw your axe at the at the slasher killer to stop him. And the, and the player all damage Cool, okay, you've damaged the guy But now he has an axe As he pulls it out of his, <laughs> he pulls it out of his head And starts coming towards you Yeah. Or, or, or conversely Oh, I'm going to run Okay, give me a check to run down the stairs Oh, you trip and Fall down the stairs and hurt yourself uh, I'm going to run and get in the car Okay, cool He starts burning down your house Or he, he grabs on the back of the car Your choices have an impact But it always goes as wrong as it could The
1: issue with that though Is the feeling of futility
0: well, that's the thing. I'm not sure whether it would feel utterly futile because, like you, your actions succeeded. Your like the thing you did worked. However, due to due to con- due to unforeseen consequences, or due to the way that it shook out, things are bad now. You'd, like you, you, you would allow people um, agency within this sphere, but your default is things are going to go wrong, and thing- and, and and bad things are going to happen.
1: Yeah, I guess. I just, I think if I was playing that, I would feel a lot of, well, it doesn't really matter what I do. Mm. Things are going to go badly wrong. So I'll do whatevs.
0: Yeah, I suppose at that point it just becomes um, a dice rolling exercise.
1: Yeah, because like in in the example you got there, so the ones I liked were things like you throw the axe, you hurt the serial slasher. Mm -hmm. Now he's got an axe. Mm -hmm. Great. But when if you, if you get in the car and drive away and he burns down your house,
0: mm-hmm.
1: oh, come on. I succeeded. I got away. I lived.
0: I think, yes, you got away.
1: Yeah, but like... That's great. There's not horror.
0: Okay, so it was, it was uh, let's say, for example, uh, then he... Um, you get away and then he just hides in your house. See, so that's, that's fine. So rather than him like like rather than just smash cut to him whistling through the hockey mask and throwing a load of gasoline around, um, you uh, you you flee and then you come back to get some stuff and then the door locks and he and he <laughs> rises out of the fridge.
1: I super love the idea. Let's go. Oh, well, let's just get to Rio and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Three week holiday, and it's just it's idyllic. It's perfect. Mm. And then they come back.
0: And you just hear this, "Eh,
1: the fuck were you.
0: They come back and like, they've got like big hats and sunglasses on and they've got like all their like straw hats and they've got like their bags under their arms and like, hi guys. And like, and like, like coming home from vacation shot and, and, and he's there with a perfectly cold dinner.
1: (laughs) No, 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 no. He's got his feet up on the sofa. Oh, mask, on top, mask on top of his head and he's just watching mid-morning telling and he's like oh, I was going to tidy I was going to clean up I'm so <laughs> like, sorry
0: like he spits out a load of tea yeah, I didn't know wow. you were back today oh you should have said
1: I spent three days in the cupboard and then just sort of you know sorry
0: I killed your cat Wait, it's a,
1: I had to bury it it was starting to smell
0: it was really bad uh, I, I said a few words in the timed thing yeah uh, anyway
1: um shall yeah. I you unpack or do we want to do this now?
0: Do you want to yeah? Right. Um,
1: yeah. No, that's fair. No, okay. Um, I'll be in the
0: garden. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> and, and then and like, then uh, he, he walks out into the back garden There's some shots and like the the characters are like, What what are we what are we gonna do? And he's like busy himself reading the back of fertilizer packets. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then just like they're like I guess we just we just carry on so they unpack, they have showers. <laughs> that just as they're washing their hair, the lights go out and you hear, dang, dang, and he's standing in the rain beneath a single spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> and they just look out and like, we started? And there's just this gentle nod. Yes, yes, we started. Okay.
0: <laughs> I'm on the toilet.
1: Okay, hang on. Well, you'll go last then, okay? Five Jesus. Five, five minutes, everyone. Ugh, teens. <laughs> he's, just, he's just holding a can of Sprite with a, with a straw in it poked through the hole in the mask. <laughs>
0: in one of those directors chairs yeah
1: <laughs> Miriam Miriam can you can you get me another sprite thank, thank you me. Miriam
0: you're dull thank you <laughs> oh, she's great don't know what I'd do without her he says to fucking no one
1: <laughs> no to the director
0: oh the director's there <laughs>
1: who's sitting next to
0: him who is Guillermo de Toro yes who if is I could di- have someone direct my death it would be him
1: yeah I mean it's going to be nightmarish isn't
0: it be, but like but, but worthwhile yeah. Yeah. Should we stop?
1: I think we probably should.
0: Okay. Thank you for listening to Hearty Dose Friends episode 85. 85. I'm Grant, that's Chris. Hello. I get us mixed up. I guess mixed up sometimes, but, you know, I work it out. By on today. Actually, I did actually say when we, we 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 were on a podcast, we were on the uh the Ear World podcast and I said he's Grant, I'm Chris. Yeah. To explain. Like when someone asked who we were. Yes. Which is really good, and yeah, to then be fair, I believe—if
1: if you listen to I, that podcast, you will hear us potentially, depending on how much they cut, say a lot of shit.
0: Yeah, I also badmouth the uh, Judge Dread Kickstarter, the 2000 AD Kickstarter campaign to one of the authors of the game without the man, realizing it. The man,
1: no less, who wrote the rule system for the game. Yes,
0: yes, and I, I, I just—I'm used how easy it must be just to slap the 2000 AD license on something and watch the money roll in. And then I then, I, then I, I, I did a bare minimum of research on him after the podcast, which here's a clue was the wrong time. Yep.
1: Top ten everyone. Top uh, turns
0: tip. out he wrote that Yeah. Game. So uh, sorry, sorry about that. Um, I guess I should maybe get in touch and say sorry, but then he he might have forgotten.
1: I'm a hundred percent
0: sure that he listens to the podcast uh, regularly. Well, his mate does. His mate does, doesn't he? Well, then yeah, yeah,
1: then they can tell him.
0: But we're yeah, I'm sorry. really sorry. I'm really sorry. We are and, genuinely sorry, that was yeah. so what? Yeah, like we're just we just we're just we're just bitter about people who are more successful than us, okay? We're there sorry. Is that. Yeah. Like like I, I want you to understand that we are, in the purest sense of the word, haters.
1: <laughs> but we are, in the purest sense of the word, gone hate.
0: hmm If you aren't don't, a hater, if you don't hate you, if you don't hate, why not donate to yes! patreon.com forward slash hearty friends. Where you can come and hang out and give us some money. Well, you can't hang out because there's not really anything there. No, it's but You not can for come that. and give us some money, uh, and then you can hang out the Discord. Yeah, it's a uh, gateway. It's a gateway
1: to hang out. That's it's how a
0: that ga- works. A gateway to hang out, um, and you can come and hang out with all the lovely people on there. It turns out we have the author of uh, the author of Into the Odd. Yeah, which I was really excited by because I've 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 played that and thought it was really good. And yeah, he's just there, and I'm like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> <Flames. laughs>
1: Ex-
0: except the they didn't say thing. anything. Because uh, I was, oh, I was, I was, I was starstruck. Socially it's, awkward. His writing brilliant. Uh, so you can come hang out with with cool game designers like him and us on the H D F Life Discord. You can also follow us on H D F. What do want? Try that one again. You can follow us on Twitter at HDFpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. and you can send us a big tubby question. If You got a big oh, question coming. Which, oh lordy kind. If you've got a big tubby question which doesn't fit on Twitter or through the Discord, you can email it to us at heartydicefriends at gmail.com. I said that very quickly, but I think they got it. Yeah, plus, it or you can plus just go no to one, our website. I, I don't think anyone's ever used it.
1: No, you can go to our website, Yeah. com and press it's, press ask heartydicefriends a question.
0: It's so hard to not ask us the question even accidentally. Yeah most things are geared around us answering a question about and role playing
1: as we've proved you could literally scream it into the void and we will still answer it
0: we'll find i search my own name a lot i'll it find does. it <laughs> a lot a lot thank you for listening we adore you we are we are getting ready for christmas time this time. time we've Christmas knitted time some blankets chris with snowmen on Chris
1: already excited
0: it's very exciting we've 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 got you a special mince pie with your name on it listener oh. we've knitted you a special blanket come come by the fire uh, what come come by the crackling fire whilst chris regales us all with a song on the pianoforte forte uh, uh is it it all right if
1: i is it all right if i just sit on the piano and sing ground control to major tom
0: i that's the only way i can finish (laughs) thank you for listening i love you very much he loves you goodbye
1: bye